Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SickCast. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for joining me. Today I have with me Harinder Singh. Harinder, long time. How's it going? Welcome to the SickCast. Uh, Guru Fateh, it's uh, good to be back, although it's uh, during very trying times. It is very trying times. And uh, right now, the whole nation seems to be quarantined in their house. So I guess the benefit is that you're quarantined and I got you on this podcast. I want to talk about, uh, I want to get into it, just talk about current events. And so COVID-19, what's happening with America, what's happening with the nation. We just happen to be in the tri-state area where it's like the epicenter of the world right now with COVID-19. And I wanted to talk to you because you put out a video on the sick response and I wanted you to elaborate on that. So, and before we get into that also, let's talk about locally what's happening. So how is the Sikh Sangat in New Jersey? How are your Gurdwaras handling the situation? So there are two things here, right? Gurdwaras individually are making certain decisions based on the guidelines being provided by the local administrations. For example, New Jersey governor, Governor Phil Murphy, uh, has asked the congregations to, you know, either gather in low numbers or shut it down. So the, the Gurdwara five minutes from me, Bridgewater Gurdwara has shut it down and the other Gurdwaras are figuring out what to do. Some have shut down, some are continuing. Uh, I, I really think the messaging here is that we need to medically follow the advice of the administrations and then integrate that with the Sikh ethos, you know, what the Sikh, uh, Sikh demands from us. So if a Gurdwara is shutting down their local services, which makes a lot of sense, they need to double down on service providings to the vulnerable and the needy, which basically right now means food supplies and medical supplies. So some Gurdwaras are thinking about it. I don't think their, their trustees have thought about it yet. I was on conference call in Delhi where they're asking to do that in Delhi Gurdwaras. But at the same time, other organizations or individuals are providing those services in tri-state area as well. So I think it's a model to be replicated globally. I know the larger organizations have looked into it and done those appeals who do relief and aid work, but even the local ones are uh, need to do a little bit more. And those of us who are able bodies, which means healthy and are taking enough precautions, then this is the service to provide. Yeah, and in your video you referenced about Gurdwaras becoming a sanctuary and also Gurdwaras um, should be a place of learning and learning happens in, happens in small numbers. What do you mean by that? So Gurdwara, uh, first time in its historically references by, by Gurdasji, as you know, he was the original interpreter and theologian and the linguist of the Sikhi. And he used the word Taramsal to describe that, that this is where the principles are taught. Param is a principle, not just a religion. Uh, you can use lowercase r religion if you want. And shal is where you teach, like part shala is where you teach people, like school. So if this is where you teach principles, from day one, we were focused on ikuankar, and that's what the gurus taught. And then you teach the practice of ikuankar, which comes out in services. And services include uh, whether it's the medical refuge or a political refuge or any other kind of refuge. Uh, so those are the sanctuary elements. Uh, so whether it was in 1980s or 1970s and before that in guru period, all Gurdwaras used to be those sanctuary centers. Now, coming back to it today, what this means is uh, if we are not able to gather, uh, which is okay, we can still teach the oneness idea, 
through technologies we are using one today. And in practice of that oneness, the wisdom of that, the Shabad wisdom, is that we become the adaptive uh, sanctuaries, which essentially means if the state cannot do certain things, state can cannot guide certain things, which has happened in America as well as in India and other places, then it is up to the congregations and people who are part of the Sanghats to go create these guidances. So that's what I mean by sanctuaries. Uh, currently, the sanctuary is not the place itself. Sanctuary, sanctuary is the idea of providing the right services. Got it. Okay. And so we're dealing with COVID-19 now and the numbers are getting worse and worse. How does one stay in Chardikala at this moment? Is there references you have in Gurbani in history where there's a global pandemic happening? And maybe you could share some insights from the gurus on this. Absolutely. So I think one thing, this is where I think the Sikhi matters more than the bombardment of information we are getting right now. And the Sikhi information is not coming out. So we got to go back to our original foundational ideas. And one of them is that, look, the only thing certain is death. I know in America, because of Ben Franklin, we say it's death and taxes. But you know, even taxes get played, which our government is currently doing. So the only thing certain, according to Gurbani, is death, right? And this is one thing we forget. Because we forget death, we end up making wrong decisions because we think we can live forever or we can cheat forever or we can indulge forever. So Gurbani is all constantly saying, like in Japji Sa, for example, it says, Many people are constantly, always are dying in hunger, always are in abuse, always are in pain. And this is also happening within your giving, O giver. That's the literal translation. What this is saying is, death is always there. It's how we confront the death. So we usually you talk about confronting death in a political situation like shahadats, for example. But in Gurbani, remember, the first confrontation of the death is the fear of death. So the fear of death is what we can apply to COVID-19. We need to confront the fear, which means use the mind, use the wisdom to say, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's coming my way, but I do know how to center myself with certain wisdoms and applying those wisdoms for my own precautions, for my families, as well as if I'm able and willing to be able to provide that to the world at large, or at least the communities around me. And that's the idea of being a sanctuary provider. So the certainty is only of death. So if we actually confront death in all times, you will be able to provide services, like in case of Guru Harkrishan Sal. That's the pandemic of the time in Delhi. The state calls him to come to Delhi. He does not go. But when there is a plague in Delhi or smallpox in Delhi, he goes there to serve the people. And that's the, uh, the higher level view of this because he has already confronted the ideas of death. And this is what six are being told. Don't be fearful of something, but be mindful of something. I know there are people saying, just do the job, just do the part, just do the Simran. All that is done for internal strengthening. And if you're not becoming strong to serve, either yourself or your family or your local communities, then all it is doing is making you impotent. And I understand what I'm saying here. I'm saying this on purpose because if you're not strengthening your mind or your body, you will not be able to serve. It's simple as that. That's Gurbani's thesis. So tan man tan has to be utilized properly. Your intellect, your physical abilities, your assets, and you can, you'll be able to utilize those if you have confronted your own fear of death. So in COVID-19, there is a lot of uncertainty. 
and this uncertainty is going to continue. The idea here is not to become uh, sort of immune mentally, right? The idea here is to strengthen your immune system, not just in biological sense, but in intellectual sense. So you have confronted your own uncertainties and fear of death, so you can become a positive agent in terms of either facilitating people who are mentally suffering or physically suffering or, or uh, in terms of food suffering. So before we go on to the next topic, what about like, so we're in the tri-state area. There's a lot of six in the tri-state area in North America, which is if people don't know that are listening, it's New Jersey, Connecticut, and New York. If you could just hold up a loudspeaker to all the six and they could be listening, what would be some of your calls to action for them right now? Honestly, there are only two. First is take every precaution by listening to the evidence by medical authorities. If that's what using your mind is. Shabad wisdom says, you know, please surtunu utilize karo, right? So please take all precautions, regardless of your age, regardless of your vulnerability. Take all those precautions. This is at a personal level. And second personal level, so 1A, 1B, is to strengthen yourself mentally. So don't get be take, don't, don't get taken in by the practices which are coming our way, which are negative. For example, fake news is coming out a lot. A lot of the bots are operating in terms of you know, who's doing this and why this is being done. Misinformation is being spread. That all has to do with mental element. So your connection with the divine, ekovankar, is indicative of how you deal with information which comes your way. So take precaution at a personal level, strengthen yourself at a personal level by actually connecting with this idea of the force and the ekovankar. And as a byproduct of that comes the second thing. If you yourself are strong, then you will be able to protect your surroundings. So then take care of your family, take care of the most vulnerable, especially people who are above the age of 60 and those who have a weaker immune system because of their health reasons. And if this is being taken care of in your household, then join, this is the 2B public part beyond you, then join either a medical practitioner service provider, whether it's run by six or non-six, or a Gurdwara who is interested in convincing their board to open their Gurdwara for lungers, needy, needy lungers, or providing the lunger for the needy. So you become part of the team, either through Gurdwara, through a Sikh organization, or through any non-Sikh organization, which is dealing with the logistics of food or medicine. And if you're not able to do that to be, you can always fund it. Look at your, everyone's going to be tight. We know where the markets are. We know there are layoffs already happening. But even then, you see, the Gurbani's principle is you share what you have, not when you have only an abundance. So if you are not able to contribute intellectually and physically or spiritually or emotionally, then please do try to contribute from whatever you have by supporting those organizations who are actually trying to provide the current sanctuary ideas of medical and food supplies. No, those are great points. Those are great points. I appreciate that. Now let's move on to the second topic, which is Afghanistan and what happened in the attack in Kabul, where I think it was confirmed 25 are dead. And I have to say, I did not know about this. I read your tweets. I get alerts on your tweets. So I read it and I couldn't believe that's happening. My dad didn't know. My wife didn't know even 12 hours later. So maybe you could explain to the listeners 
what happened in Kabul? Sure. So simple fact is this, that now we know that ISIL, which is like ISIS, and ISIL-K means Khurasan, which is a local group of Islamic State of Khurasan, essentially. They have taken responsibility of attacking a Gurdwara in Kabul, uh, historical Gurdwara attributed to Guru Harrai Sahib. About 156 were inside there. They were actually gathered there to do part because of COVID-19 thing. And they were there, and this is the largest community left in Afghanistan. And of those, the initial reports said 23 were killed, and now that's 25 confirmed. So essentially, uh, what we have to understand is what is happening in Afghanistan. You know, U.S. Secretary of State is there. There's a negotiations happening within the political, current political leaders, the formal political leaders, including their heads of states, as well as the Taliban factions. So there's a lot going on there. We have to understand the larger context. But regardless of that larger context, six remain the minuscule minority everywhere. One of the most dangerous uh, or endangered, probably the right word to use, Sikh community in the world, if not the most endangered, is the Afghani Sikh community. The estimates range from 300 to 400. And of this, 150 people were there. So the number used to be 50,000. So what is going on is that uh, regardless of the geopolitical scenarios, which are very tense, which are very volatile, uh, including last year, there was an attack in Jalalabad where multiple Sikhs were killed there as well. And now this is a second time this has happened within a year. And while the cremation was going on, there was another magnetic bomb blast. Today, there was a cremation day and one person got killed there. So this seems to be a thought out attack against six, a community who was very thriving, who has been living there for 400 plus years, 400 plus years. I, I, we, we just need to understand this very carefully because this is from the Guru period going on. The Gurdwara was Guru Harraya Gurdwara. Think about that for a second. This is the area when Guru Nanak is referencing Khurasan Khasmana Kiya. Khurasan is this reason. And the ISIL of Khurasan is taking this responsibility. And Guru Nanak had witnessed this when he said, I'm standing on the pile of dead bodies and I'm telling you what is going on is wrong. And now this pile is being created of the Sikhs. Earlier it was of uh, Hindus and Muslims at the time. So Sikh community is at the very receiving end of this in, in Afghanistan, which by the way is a larger symptom of what is happening as Sikh communities at the receiving end in Pakistan, as well as in certain parts of India. The vulnerable sections of Sikh community are still at the receiving ends in South Asia is what I will call it. So this is what has really happened. The unfortunate piece of this is that the nationalistic politics of India and Pakistan, i.e. Uh, those who identify those Hindus and Muslims and some Sikhs who identify with those nationalities are playing games again about whether India's raw did this, whether Pakistan supported LED did this. There are all sorts of games. But at the end of the day, the, the facts are that Sikhs used to be somewhere around 50,000 in the early 90s. Six, this is one of the oldest Sikh community in the world about 400 plus years ago. And now they have been reduced to somewhere between 300 to 400 because there is a systematic attack and targeted killing at the Gurdwaras now as well. That's the stark reality. In terms of Sikh population, like you just said, it was thousands many years ago, and now it's maybe 300 families or 
give and take plus that in terms of the community like how many good like i don't know that much about afghanistan and i'm not sure if the listeners do either but how many good waters are there in afghanistan so you know the the operational versus historical becomes a very tricky thing as it is we don't have a good number sense so when we even when i'm throwing you number 150 were present in the gurdwara at the time of attack there are 300 to 400 left in that area some people say maybe it's up to 1000 because there is a large exodus going on see people who were relatively well off they had left or people who are in the current administration so looking at one mp in afghanistan and looking at one doctor who works with the administration now does not tell you the situation of the six in in afghanistan the vulnerable section which are usually middle to lower uh, strata of income they are the ones who are being left otherwise they have gone to gone to india they have moved to uk london they have come to canada there was organization from manmeet pullers foundation who worked with the administration to bring some of them and the last time this incident happened even the incident before that manmeet puller was working on it he passed away in his own accident my point is this the numbers we will not be able to give you good story on we just know historicity of it so i do want to make this clear plus if there's an interest in it you know uh, Asha Kaur who is a researcher at Sikhish Institute as well she has spent much more time studying this if you want to understand more uh, uh, nuances of afghani sikh community she'll be able to provide that the focus i want to bring on is that this is one of the endangered communities so when people want to help at a relief level i really don't know what to tell them like i've been in touch with somebody who used to live there who left 20 years ago last time he visited was eight pratpal singh i've referenced him he currently lives in london even he's struggling he doesn't know i listened to three testimonies yesterday of women who were basically saying we don't even have money to get the last rites done now somebody has helped with those rites they have taken place but this is the level of details we are dealing with there is no on the ground organization ngo who i can say people ask me today including my own family members how can we help and my friend circle i said i really don't know i know few charities are raising money i know this local person i called chabal singh who's a local contact i know he was very busy today with the cremations but i really don't know where you can send the money because direct help is what's needed right now and we don't have a system on the ground or outside other than collecting money with accountabilities so i don't have recommendation in mid term i do know the solution is figuring out how to save certain sikhs in afghanistan which requires serious working with the afghan government but they are not in a position to do any of this if you ask me although their um, minister went there and went to the cremation the current president and the former president the un many ambassadors put out very strong statements uh, regarding uh, the killing of the six as being unacceptable and you know tragic but you know we are used to those words now unacceptable tragic they don't really mean anything my thing is that the community has not spent enough time taking care of its own people we do not systematically plan how to find these solutions uh, i have been involved in many 84 uh, projects and at some point none of that really works out because they require systems resources vision and lot of money in order to do this right but i think here we have a small community uh, we have a model for canada maybe other models can be developed where some people need to be relocated yes i agree but i think some need to stay there and we need to figure out how their survival can become um uh, sort of protected 
uh, with certain understandings with the administrations, regardless of which party is ruling in Kabul. You know, when I heard the news, I was very sad. And then my sadness turned kind of into anger. And also I got texts from my friends, you know, they were saying, you know, let's just say bleep ISIS and this and that. And, you know, let's talk, in, you know, in our Sikh community, you know, there's some bias towards uh, the Islam community because of this stuff. And uh, people will say things, either old wounds from 47 or whatever it is, people will say things. So how do we not get caught up in that and separate the religion from the terrorism and the fanatics or whatever you want to call them? It's very simple. We got to go back to our basics. again. If you really, really bring Ekkoankar into your mindsets and into your behaviors, you will always be able to separate the behavior of certain individuals with the religions they profess to be practicing because they're two separate things. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, look, Ekkoankar means oneness and the antidote of oneness is otherness. So if you want to practice bias of any kind, bigotry of any kind, you go to the lowest common denominator, which is what white supremacists exercise, which is what ISIL is exercising, which is what the neo-Nazis are exercising, even amid COVID-19 in New Jersey. This was a New Jersey Homeland Department security. Oh, <laughs> New Jersey's chapter. I'm not making this up. I shared this yesterday because governors, interfaith council shared that with us. And they're like, please let your communities know. Now they're taking advantage of it. So everyone who believes in othering does this. And what you and I, when we get angry because of what happened in Kabul or other similar events, our first thing is it's a very natural response to get angry. It's very natural to throw the F-bombs. But this is where the Sikh ethos come in. This is where centering comes in. This is where oneness comes in. So we must channelize uh, our angers into uh, how can I help solve something? Second thing is that we must not go over vengeance. We have always been people of justice, but I will bring Sikh ethos here, uh, which is very important to understand that this ISIS-like mentality is what Sikhs fought with in 18th century as well. If our community was strong in Kabul, if six of the diaspora in India were really serious, rather than using these events uh, to create nationalistic ideas for other nations, if we were really serious about it, if we had 2,000 strong six in Kabul today, and I can tell you, they are the most strongest people. They are the most resilient people. But when you don't have money, when you don't have resources, when you don't have jobs, when your daughters are being picked away and converted, or who knows what else, and rest of us in, in our comforts, we'll call it, including our large organizations don't make any plan about it, we end up with where we are. Otherwise, the only people we, you know, with, we pride, with pride, we say we are the only ones to really defeat the Afghanis. We still are capable of that, right? But you know, that's the R&D piece, I call it in the organizations. That's the piece, you have to keep that funnel alive by giving Gurbani and giving them strength physically which today means preparation. And we are not prepared as community anywhere. We are, when things happened in Wisconsin, we were not prepared. And they're going to happen again when people get desperate in America as well. And we are not prepared. So first preparation has been always been internal. And 
simultaneously as a byproduct external. So I would say to you that having those emotional outbursts is very, very natural. Sikhi demands we convert those energies and those angers into finding sustainable solutions. And those who do work on sustainable solutions, they will end up creating uh, a better responses. Otherwise, we will have immediate and impulsive and emotional responses. I welcome those as well, by the way, because sometimes that's what you need. But we need to also provide more sustainable responses because uh, Hari Singh Dalwa, while he was fighting, Maharaja Ranjit Singh Kingdom, when it was built in those areas, when Guru Nanak was witnessing all that, it took 200 plus years of training before those Rajas came, before your ability to confront came, right? Our ability to confront right now is diminished because our internal and external strengths are not are subpar, let's call it. So we are there, we are struggling, but we need to work towards excellence in both areas. No, I mean, they're great points, great points as usual. So no, I appreciate your time today. I'm, I want you to end with, you know, we talked about COVID, we talked about Afghanistan. It's been a long time since we spoke to you. Maybe just end with some final thoughts and hopefully what we could look forward to uh, in the future. So uh, in the age of uncertainty, which is always talked about, but amidst uh, uh, COVID-19, uh, the global community is getting hurt. And this is, I think, a good time to remind uh, when we celebrate Guru Nanak Pacha's Gurpurv or Advent into this world, we always say he came here for what? Because people were asking and crying for help. We have to go back to our original purpose of why our founder was here. Lokai. Lokai is population at large. Today we will call that 7.5 billion people. And 7.5 billion people, there is chaos, there is desperation. There are always people who feed negativity. So there will be people who are going to do price gouging. There are people who are going to spread fake news. There are people who are going to say whatever they need to say to feed more negativity. But there are always people. And this is where Guru Nanak was interested in. In all this noise, in all this chaos, there are people who are going to become positive agents. What we have terms like Khalsa or Gurmukh, or Chardi Kala, you know, today they have become points of debate or just empty phrases or rhetoric for most part, but they are not empty. They become empty when they have been reduced to just a ritual. So I would say uh, in this chaos, which we are all witnessing right now in this uncertainty, uh, we have a job to do. And our job is uh, to really, really bring Ikkovankar home in our surth and become, uh, as we were trained to, these uh, graceful warriors, you know. Uh, and we, this is the time to practice nirpa nirvair, because right now the world is more chaotic. We cannot add to that chaos. We got to confront six who are doing this. In our own families, we must confront negativities. And we will be able to do this if you and I and those who are interested in becoming positive agents if Ikkuvankar is within our own mindset and our own behaviors. So I would say um, 550 Nanakshai, the world was celebrating. So celebration is only if you are going to do something with it. We have opportunity to do something with it for our own selves, in our own families, in our own communities, as well as doing this Sarvadapala. I'm going to leave one point here too, which is very, very important. And you cannot serve, you cannot serve the world 
if your own institution, if your panth is not strong. We do, we must, must spend time building the organizations. Uh, that's what panth is. When the panth was strong, when Kartarpur became strong, then Gurnanak created and ameliorated more Kartarpurs. And when enough Kartarpurs in the Punjab became strong, they created and confronted the ISIS of the time as well by creating kingdoms of Baba Banda Singh Bahadur through Baba Banda Singh Bahadur and Jassa Singh Aluwalias and Ranjit Singhs and Hari Singh Dalwas. So today I would say we have this opportunity to strengthen ourselves and provide our limited responses with a larger vision of Guru Nanak that we are not about nationalisms, we are about oneness. That's a great note to end on. Very inspiring. Harinder, a pleasure speaking to you. I'm sure I'm going to speak to you many more times since we're all quarantined now. Appreciate your time today. Guru Fateh. All right. Guru Fateh. Thank you, Manpreet. You are listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute illuminating every path.